Today's show is brought to you by Nuka-Cola, the most refreshing drink in the Commonwealth. Nuke your thirst with Nuka-Cola, now with 50% less radiation. Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone, or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club. I am your host, Manny G, and joining me tonight is the one who went toe-to-toe with the Bullet King with his big Alejandro in hand just to get torched down by a half dozen cleaners. It's the merely fire-resistant Andy. Fire doesn't work on me, Manny. You know that. Bullets do, though. <laughs> well, we are part of an excellent gaming community called the Gaming Adventure Club, and this is our podcast. We talk about our gaming adventures through the week and what's going on in the gaming industry. Andy, my friend, we are not alone. Oh, no, another interloper. We can't get rid of these. <laughs> Please welcome our dear friend, Scorio70. What is up, Ori? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure, man. So, Ori, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, uh, I work out of college, and I like to play video games. That's really about sums me up pretty quickly. Well, we've been friends for a really long time. And I am pretty happy to get you on the show. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we've known Ori since he was a fetus, before he had a name. We inspected him thoroughly, and we decided not to throw him away, though. Oh. Yes. Yeah, if this, <laughs> Yeah. back in Spartan times, I was a goner for sure. <laughs> Today, man, you're a keeper, buddy. Yeah, you are. Thank goodness for the lax rules now. <laughs> All right, well, we got a bit of news, guys. Um... Let's jump right into it. Our first story is about PUBG. Remember that lawsuit they had against Fortnite? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, they decided to drop the lawsuit altogether. Get out of here. Yeah, it turns out that um, you can't really copyright something that uh, is someone else's idea. That... Yeah, and it, I think it makes sense, too, especially with all the new games coming out that are going to have Battle Royale. It would have been hard to really deliver that lawsuit and okay. make it stick. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think they had much of a chance there, for sure. Mm. Uh, Points for trying, though. (laughs) Yeah, points for trying. (laughs) Well, man, there's a lot of suing going on. Uh, Bethesda sues Warner Brothers for their new Westworld game. They said that they are blatantly ripping off Fallout Shelter. Did you guys read about this? I did. I saw. I saw. uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was a Young video. That guy's, oh, he's always complaining about something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, it was pretty interesting, though, uh, you know, to see the outright, like, ripoff that that Westworld game is. It's it's pretty interesting. But uh, and then to hear how sort of they just backed up their claim, right, that, you know, like, they, they even had, like, the same bugs and, like... <laughs> It's like, well, I guess you can't get your way around that one. Especially most of those articles had the pictures of both of them. You could hardly tell them apart from each other. And just slightly different color palette. But I mean, you know, this is completely different than what was going on with Fortnite and PUBG. Mm -hmm. 
because with uh, Fortnite, they were inspired by a game mode, but the game is very much their own. But to use a copy written code into your game to make your game that's completely different and actually behavior uh, interactive, they helped create Fallout Shelter. Mm -hmm. So they had access to uh, Bethesda's code and apparently they used it because, yeah, I think the, the smoking gun is the fact that some of the bugs that were there in uh, early Fallout Shelter are in the Westworld game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially being the same company, it's hard to get around something like that that's so blatant. Yeah, no kidding. It's pretty funny. So, yeah, there you go. Good luck, Bethesda. Have fun. Have fun in court. Uh, just a small little, small little tangent, which, you know, I love tangents. Uh, I've, I've been playing a little fallout shelter this week before this whole thing happened. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm late to the, I'm late to the party, but uh, I have enjoyed it. Oh, did you, uh, did you get that on the switch or are you doing it on the phone? No, bro. I, I, I'm living that switch life, brother. Why? Well, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not common, bro. I don't use my phone for games. I have a switch for that. Yes. Yeah, as, as a mobile game, did it feel good on the switch? <laughs> yeah, dude, it really does. With the controllers, you know, with the joysticks and the buttons, it, it feels great, you know? So I, I prefer it. I thought about getting it on the phone, but you know, I mean, it's, I have the switch. It comes with me. Uh, you know, it's just as mobile as the phone. And so I'm like, if I'm going to play a game, you know, I'm just going to jump on that. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Nice dude. Well, let's jump right in to our main topic. So this week we're going to take a deep dive into fallout 76. This game is releasing November 14th, 2018. Mm -hmm. So that's just a few months away. It's right around the corner. And we talked about this a bit during episode three, where um, we were talking about the games we were anticipating, but a ton of information has come out during E3. So I'm I'm pretty excited about Fallout 76. Um, we've seen the trailers. We've seen the E3 coverage. Just uh, briefly before we get going, what are your initial thoughts about this game? Or let's start with you, buddy. Oh, I'm super excited. Since Fallout 3, I remember always going over to my step to my stepbrother's house and playing Fallout 3, which was the first one I'd ever played. And since then, I've played every Fallout since then, and I love the series. So even though it's going multiplayer, I'm super excited for this game. How about you, Andy? You, you didn't seem too excited when we were talking about well, it. Well, look, I wouldn't say that, Manny, because I'm not a party pooper, okay? No. <laughs> okay <laughs> but uh but you know it it's just that the fallout series has been a difficult one for me to embrace and i think we you know we talked yeah. a little bit about how that it's just a lot of game you know there's so many layers to it and i'm uh you know in gaming terms i'm a, i'm a pretty straightforward simple guy right like if you if i have to manage uh if i have to spin plates and and you know juggle you know utensils and pat my <laughs> head and rub my stomach at the same time okay i start falling apart at the seams so uh i did give fallout 4 the old college try it was fun it was fun that like the fighting part of it you know the uh what is it uh, the is it the vat system ori is that what it's called they're yeah, the targeting yeah. system. Yes. Like that was really cool, but I just had I just was overwhelmed, man. And then, you know, Squirrel ran along and 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 I never picked it up again. So, uh so, <laughs> you know, the fact that it's multiplayer, I guess it's cool. You know, some of the things that that we've heard about how that's going to play out seem really cool, and the fact that I can play with my friends uh is awesome. 
but uh, but I'll be honest, man. I think you know I was kind of on the bubble with um, Assassin's Creed. We were talking about that last week, and I feel like I may like I'm more likely to get Assassin's Creed than I am uh, Fallout seventy six. But but that's more a reflection on me, not the game. But don't you just want to get some nukes and blow people up every once in a while? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a nice thing to do, Ori. Oh, I can't wait. That's the first thing I'm going to try to do. You know what? You would probably blow up my base. That's what you would do. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. <laughs> well, it's it's no secret that most Fallout fans, at least people who uh, speak up on the internet, are not very happy with what Bethesda decided to do with the series. But I think the more we dig in, this game looks really, really good. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. So we talked about, you know, normally we like to kind of give a background of the game that we're talking about, but we did cover that in episode three, so you guys can check that out if you like. But this is a prequel to the post-nuclear series of Fallout. And Fallout, like we said, has always been a single-player RPG. With this particular Fallout, right after the bombs drop, you have taken shelter in what is uh, what is it called that you're you're sheltered into? A bunker? Is it a bunker? No, it's it's not a bunker, the, is it? The vault. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. So this takes place shortly after the bombs dropped, and you're protected in Vault 76, where you've been waiting there for about 25 years until Reclamation Day, the day where you're released to go out into the world and to rebuild society. Hmm. So they mentioned during some of the E3 videos and interviews that one of the number one features requested throughout all of the Fallout series has been multiplayer. Hmm. Which is funny, right? Yeah, especially with everyone complaining about that now. It's like, that was one of the most requested things. And now that it's there, it seems that's the number one thing that people want to hate on the game for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is going to be an online multiplayer only game. Well, not multiplayer only. You have to be online, but you can still yeah. play by yourself, though. You can play solo now. That might True. not be fun. Right. Because apparently there are no NPCs, correct? That's where the multiplayer, quote unquote, multiplayer aspect of the game comes in, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So during the development of Fallout 4, they wanted to bring a multiplayer aspect into the game. They thought about it, but they just didn't know exactly how to implement it. So they had this vision of having just a large open world with survival elements and every character in the world, just like you mentioned, is an actual player mm-hmm. as opposed to just NPCs. So this idea was so compelling to Bethesda that they decided they needed to wait and make this its own game. And Fallout 76 is that game. And they're going to implement this and bring this to us in a huge way. So let's go over the setting of Fallout 76. This takes place in the hills of West Virginia. That is what I am most excited for. (laughs) Because most of these other games, well, all of the other games that I've played have all taken place in urban. You have Las Vegas, um, Washington, D.C., and I think it was Boston. Mm -hmm. So now we're getting into the rural. And I know you guys... You guys have talked how you're from the city. I'm from the opposite, like raising cattle. That's where it was when I was a kid. So I'm really excited to see their take on the rural area and how they implement it into the game. Well, all the hills of West Virginia in this game are beautiful. There's like separate zones. There's six different regions and they all have their own unique look and feel 
and they're full of creatures and they're full of vegetation as well. So you, you see like uh, different colors on trees. It's not just everything is a barren wasteland in hills. It's actually beautiful. And I think it's going to be really fun. They're set telling us that the map size will be four times the size of Fallout 4. That is massive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if you guys, I know you said you tried playing Fallout 4, but mm-hmm. that is a massive game. Fallout 4 is. So mm-hmm. four times that size, it's going to be incredible to see. Yeah, I'm completely new to the series. I don't know. Well, before Fallout 76, I didn't know anything about the series at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, it's just a game that never caught my attention, but it's it's definitely catching it now. I, I like the fact that they are bringing so much detail and they have they have added so much to the current game engine so that the draw distance is really far. You could actually see weather systems like in a zone away and yes, stuff. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. And avoid that area, right? Like if if you see a storm brewing, not even go there. That's kind of cool that it it uh, it affects you like your decision making in the game. That is really cool. And especially in Fallout, the storms usually are rad storms, so you're getting radiated, which radiation's not (laughs) anything you want to play with. Right, right, right. Probably not. Stay away from matches, uh, sharp objects, and radiation. (laughs) Yep. That's what I teach my kids. That's how I live my day-to-day life, those three three things. (laughs) I really love how they are bringing the folklore that is native to West Virginia into the Fallout game. Mm -hmm. So some of the stories that have been there for years about different creatures and different things in different cities in West Virginia, they're actually turning that into the lore of Fallout and they're creating creatures and things that are from the folklore. Oh, so that's a really Mothman. awesome way to tie the, the real world into the game. But yeah, man, it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super interested to see what uh, what that looks like, you know, what what those their take on all the these you know urban legends that are uh regional or you know specific to that part of the the country that looks like what that iteration looks like on on, in a video game and how that plays out that'll be super interesting in the trailer they've already showed two that i can think of off the top of my head i don't remember what the first one is but that one without a head that just basically two massive arms slamming everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then the mothman which i'm excited to see about that because it was in an interview or something they're saying that this mothman will just kind of stalk you around the map so i'm excited to see how that plays out and i'm probably off by like 10 or something but i think i remember there was like 63 or 53 different creature types in the game oh my gosh so that's a huge variety yeah. so i think there's going to be like a lot of depth as far as uh the the creatures that we're fighting right. and there's a little variety with those i I, cause I don't think that number includes like there's like the legendary creatures and yeah definitely. so i'm not i don't even think that number includes those kind of variations on the different enemies all right so let's move on to gameplay let's talk about uh pve pvp and and co-op mm-hmm. But let's talk about uh, the PvP first. Well, we know that there are quests and there are stories as you explore and level throughout Fallout. You're just not getting these quests from NPCs out in the world. And we know that you can play uh, solo or you could play with friends and your progression is going to carry with you no matter who you're playing with or if you're choosing to be by yourself. So that's that's really good. And I like that because there's some survival games, especially like uh, what what's that survival game you were playing on Xbox, Andy? State of Decay? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. It's it's like if you're playing co-op in State of Decay, 
then you're not necessarily gaining progress in your own world, right? Right. right. Yeah. You're well. I mean, as far as you're you managing your camp and your survivors, but I mean, like, I mean, you're collecting stuff for your camp, so like, you're you're out there picking up okay. all the different resources. But as far as your ability to sort of progress your you know the needs of your base and and you know the needs of the the community surrounding you you know not not so much so yeah you're going to be able to uh, take your progress with you each map has anywhere between 24 and 32 players so we mentioned the size of the map it's really large so you can probably play for a good couple hours and not see anyone or you can run into people consistently mm-hmm. and they've already said that on the map at all times you're going to be able to see everyone there so whether you're looking for the pvp or to team up with people you're going to know where where to go whether or not they're a friend or not up for them to decide i guess Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to be able to go in with a, a team of up to four people. Nice. Now, I did have a I did have a question because I know that there are supposed to be no NPCs. If I heard correctly, if I understand correctly, you're supposed to be able to set up some sort of vendor in your camp, like a vending machine. A vending machine. Yeah, it's okay. like a vending machine. It's okay. not a person. Okay, so that was where I was kind of like, then how how are we setting up a vendor? It's a vending machine. Okay, my bad. See. See, that's why that's why we invited Ori. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of this PVE here. So yeah, like we mentioned, there's no human NPCs that are giving out quests. So there's no dialogue system. So that's a big uh, departure from what Fallout has been in the past. Um, but that's not to say that there's no story. The overseer is going to send you out into the world and give you different quests. And as you explore and you move through the world, it's going to happen in a bit more uh, of an organic way. You're going to find hollow tapes. You're going to find notes and terminals. And each of these things having a lot of story. And there's a lot of voice dialogue, a voiceover in the game. So that's how you're going to get your quest. It's going to be a, a, a bit more dynamic as opposed to like that World of Warcraft style where you're going to an NPC, getting a quest, going out, killing 10 rats and coming back with those rat tails. It's going to be a bit more like Guild Wars 2. Um, Guild Wars 2 is a bit more dynamic as you're just exploring and doing stuff. You end up doing a bunch of quests along the way. And you never actually have to go and talk to an NPC to complete those quests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you perform whatever duty you're supposed to be doing as part of that quest, it's complete. You don't have to go turn it in or talk to somebody afterwards. So this game has been described as a soft core survival game, which is is mm-hmm. pretty funny because right. what whenever you think of a survival game, you just think well, at least in my mind, it's just kind of cut and dry. You know, you're you're doing nothing but managing resources. Mm-hmm. But this is softcore, so it's not going to be as severe. They don't want the survival aspect to dominate your gameplay. Whenever I think survival, I immediately think art because that's really the only experience I have. And that is a that is one of those games that is as hardcore as it gets in my mind. I mean, it's even when you're away, your person just sleeping and can die. So <laughs> and then you have to start all over. So I was super happy to see that you don't lose your progression if you die because... Whenever I hear survival, that's immediately what my mind goes to. So whenever they cleared that up, I was like, whew, okay, this game has a chance. (laughs) (laughs) You do need to eat and drink. Your food does expire. So that is a part of of life 
in West Virginia. I, I think that's part of life almost everywhere. <laughs> I think so. It, <laughs> during one of the vid docs, somebody mentioned how uh, they had stumbled into a herd of cats and they were like excited because their character was hungry, so they got to eat. Oh my that God. was the best thing I heard about this game. <laughs> that's like that was the best. So apparently, you that's can f- stumble into a bunch of cats and uh, set up a campfire and roast them up. Cat skewers, dude. As long as you have Carrier some salsa, comedies. some hot sauce, I think it'll go down smooth. Yeah, right. Wasn't your palico named Stupid Cat, Andy? <laughs> yeah, he was. A this stupid this is the game for you. Yes, you're right. You're right, and. He- <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We can't make jokes like that anymore, guys. You're, you're baiting me. <laughs> so yeah, death in this game does not mean you lose your progress. It does. You don't lose your character. You don't lose your stuff. You just have to respawn somewhere else and keep going. So it's not a huge roadblock. So we see that they want to focus on different aspects of this game as far as um, this game being a survival game. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. But you do have to maintain things. You have item durability. So after a certain amount of time or a certain amount of use, you have to repair your items. But I like the fact that this game has this foundation of dynamic local and global events. There's going to be a lot to do all over the place. I'm really hoping they're like diverse and often like I remember Destiny back in the day whenever you're just sitting there waiting for a public event Mm -hmm. because you need that last one on the moon. I'm going back to Destiny 1. But yeah. I'm hoping those events pop up fairly often that way, not just for playing, but that'll also bring people together, hopefully, and then maybe lead into some PvP right after. No. I think they have some, some pretty good ideas of how to make this more co-op and not just PvP. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, I like a lot of how they're gearing their PvP side of things because it seems fairly friendly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about camps. So you can set up your own little camp. There are these portable settlements that you can set up anywhere in the world. And whenever you log out, that camp goes away. And when you log back in, it comes back. Let's say if somebody is built right where your camp was, you could actually just move somewhere else. So it's no... No big deal. <laughs> so these kind of become like your base of operation. You can build defenses around the camps and they're they're inexpensive to defend. And they did mention that there's this blueprint system. If you do get destroyed, if your camp gets wiped out by a nuke or some creatures just kind of raid your camp and destroy things, they can be rebuilt really quickly and really easily. And I think they even said like with one button, you can rebuild your camp. Yeah, that was on that camel video the other day. He said with a click of a button, you can repair your whole camp. For me, this was the, it was the base building that kind of like sucked the fun out of Fallout 4 for me. And, in you know, maybe I didn't have the right approach to it because I know a lot of people that had uh, fun in that game. You know, some of them I worked oh, with. Oh, I built know, a whole I... basketball arena. <laughs> yeah, it, but see, like, I just, I don't have the patience for that myself. And so this is the part that I think will either make or break this game for me is if I can just like, you know what? I just want my settlers or my little town, my base to have like... A little mattress and maybe like a little campfire where I can cook some food and then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need I don't need four star accommodations. With the co-op I'm kind of interested to see how the camps because I haven't seen anything on it personally if let's say all of us are in a party together roaming around the wasteland Mm -hmm. if Manny sets up a camp 
and has stuff built already can I, like can i use it as if it's my own because i'm in the party or will i have to be able to set up my own camp and have the same things in order to well, use they it showed footage of multiple characters or multiple people in the same camp at different stations so i think if i yeah, have I something that. that you don't have i think you could just come in and use it see that'd be awesome that's what i'm that guessing would be great especially with like the vending machines i i realized there's some like co-op i just didn't know if there was anything special you could build that you you would have to have inside your camp listen ori if you build a camp i will pay you rent to stay there <laughs> that would be the perfect setup oh, okay <laughs> all right consider it done and from what it looks like in just the different commentaries that i've listened to it seems that the whole base building mechanic has been greatly improved the menus are more just streamlined and everything just looks and feels better so I think that's encouraging. Yeah. It, that sounds good to me because I really didn't have a problem with four, but I'm easy to please. So mm. I don't know what that means. Well, let's move on to a little bit of PVP. And this uh, this quote comes from, from their presentation. It says, take your friendly old neighbor, Johnny, rather than coming over to borrow a cup of sugar he may now be coming over for murder. Yeah. <laughs> I love the little animations, too, that they put in there, man. They're great. So this is their vision for PvP. They want PvP to bring a bit of drama to the gameplay, but they don't want it to be something that is going to grief you so that you're just like, I'm just not going to play this game. So this is an example that I heard. So think of playing just a normal uh, RPG game and you go into a high level zone and you find a creature that you've never fought before. So you go ahead and take on the challenge and you fight this creature and it kills you. But you are so close to killing that creature. So you think, you know what? I think I'm a match for this, for this uh, dragon or whatever it is. And you go back and you fight again to see if you could actually kill it. Or take this situation, you go and you get absolutely destroyed and you just say, you know what, I, I'm just going to do something else. And that was the example given for PvP combat. So if you find yourself in a PvP situation and you get killed, you have the decision to either go back to try and get some revenge or to just avoid that alteration altogether. And especially being able to see everyone on the map at all times, whenever you're respawning, I don't know how populated the area is going to be with these respawn points, but mm -hmm. you could respawn on the other side of the map, Yeah, given that you've discovered it. So you could definitely avoid it if you don't want it to a degree. I mean, people may come hunt you down. That kind of gives mm -hmm. me the idea that PvP is a consensual activity, but... Maybe it's only consensual if you have fought already and whether or not you want to try and, and fight again to, to avenge yourself. So we're still unclear how that's going to work. And, you know, they, they're still balancing and tweaking things. So they might not know how that's going to work. But there is a bounty slash revenge system for killing other players. And if, if you saw one of the videos, they actually demonstrate that where somebody comes up with a, uh, a flintlock pistol and shoots somebody in the head and it actually comes up as some revenge points. Nice. Yeah, so I'm wondering if whenever you die from somebody, do you get like the option revenge and you go straight back to where they are? Or is it just revenge is killing somebody who killed you? Yeah, I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is really intriguing to me because I love like world PvP. That was one of the things that I love so much about uh, playing on a PvP server when I was playing uh, World of Warcraft. Spontaneously, you'll just find yourself in a PvP battle with somebody and you're either killing them or they're killing you, but it's exciting to me. And it kind of like made me want to continue doing it. It was addicting because 
you know, sometimes you would be winning or losing, but there is always a strategy involved and always that that uh, that bit of risk involved. But it was like exhilarating. So I love that. And I want that feeling again. And I think that's going to be a part of Fallout 76. I do too. And I have a feeling that in 76, there's going to be a lot of backstabbing murders. <laughs> because mm-hmm. with the co-op side, you can trade with people and you can offer like maybe you're a crafter and they're a chef yeah so maybe you make your trade whenever you first see someone you might just walk up to him to try to get a hand yeah mm-hmm. but then after after you guys have exchanged goods what's to stop you from then <laughs> starting the battle and just taking them out oh yeah i dude i i'm so excited about this you know this reminds me so much of when we first heard of the dark zone you know and we're thinking like what's it gonna be and blah 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 this and that i just really hope that they avoid a lot of the issues that the dark zone had where you know some people were just really strong or overpowered and and yeah like i don't know dude just this whole piece of it sounds a nightmare scenario to me you know like (laughs) especially the way some gamers are dude it's just so bad dude one of the videos i watched i think it was that camel one they kind of addressed this with the talking about the servers that moving between servers is going to be seamless whether teaming up with a friend but it also sounded like if somebody is just griefing a player like killing them over and over and over again they'll just be seamlessly moved to another server without you or them knowing about it is what I took away from it. Oh, okay. I think Bethesda has learned a lot from other games and I do not think that we're going to have a dark zone situation to where you run into a player who is a hundred percent unkillable. You know, I, I just mm. don't see that happening in this game. Right. I hope. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Maybe if someone picks up the game later on mm. and then the people who have been playing, I don't know how they're going to match people in servers, if it's going to be by their level or if it's just random. But I can see it maybe that way. But I still think, yeah, there's not going to be an unkillable person. They just might have a lot better gear and make it mm. near impossible at that point for like a beginner mm. for someone who's been playing for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's important for us to see that there is co-op planned for this game. So the whole Mm -hmm. point isn't just to give the opportunity for PVP. It's to be able to find these mutual beneficial alliances between other players so that you could tackle content together or so that you can offer services to each other. So this is really, really good and really, really intriguing. And I think this is going to give a lot of longevity to the game. And I think it's going to help to create a community that is not just about killing each other, but is about finding people to play with. Yeah, with how they've talked about the co-op, basically being able to trade and people being specialized to doing different things inside of the game. I really think they're trying just to make the gameplay itself be its own deterrent for just non- uh, can't think of the word. Uh, I don't know. Unnecessary PVP, I guess, is what I was trying to say. So, like, like we talked about before, as far as uh, co-op and being a benefit to other players, they talked about the possibility of your camp having like vending machines, so that you can sell mm. like goods and services to players, and you might not even be there. You can probably be a uh, in a different part of the map s- making money while your vending machine is making money. Yes. So you can specialize your player to be a medic, a chef, a trader, a farmer. They mention all these things and they put in all these systems 
so that you can choose how you're going to play this game as an RPG. I am I'm excited because when I first learned about Fallout 76, it looked like it was going to be kind of like a big empty world where you just kind of make your own fun. But I think they've hmm. put a lot of time and energy to kind of give you a, a leg up towards creating your own fun as far as like specialization goes and things like that mm -hmm. yeah and i'm interested to see because they said there's no human npcs but then they've also said there's robots that you can get stuff from so i wonder how populated the world is with those robots around like to maybe make it feel a little bit more populated without the human npcs who knows man this is all you know it sounds like uh almost like a human experiment you know like let's just it's almost <laughs> like you said manny right it you what you know you jokingly said you know it what fallout 76 is going to be you know 500 people we throw them in a server and just see which one survives <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like you were so close you were only off by like 450 or something like that <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's what Vault Tech was doing, right? They were making these vaults yeah. and doing these social experiments to kind of see what would happen. Yeah. And like yeah. that's what they're doing with us. It's like we're in an episode of Westworld. They World have some weird ones. Like <laughs> we're we're the we're the lab rats. Yeah. The more I've thought about that, the no NPC thing, I've kind of like it because this is at least in the series the first vault to open. It's only twenty five years after, so why mm -hmm. would there be humans out there other than the ones that are from the vault, which are us, the players? Yeah. So I have faith they're going to tell a good story, but depending on if they can tell that story without NPCs, I think it was a really good decision. So the last thing right. I'll say about our gameplay section here is they did mention in our interview a little hint about what the story is going to be about. They mentioned how you are going to be going into West Virginia to kind of do a bit of investigation work to find out what happened to those who went out of the vault before you. So there's a bit of a time gap. Oh, so people have been out of Apparently, the vault. Apparently, people have left the vault about five years or so before you do. Oh, okay, then I had no, I did not realize that. There's like a tiny hint given that kind of mentions that in one of the interviews. So that kind of gives you an idea as what the story is going to be about and what you're going to be doing. You're going to go and find out what happened to those people and where are they or what kind of information do they leave behind for us. But let's jump into our last section here, uh, the end game. I mean, every good RPG and multiplayer game needs an end game. So yeah. a big part of the end game here are the the nukes, the <laughs> nuclear bombs. Andy, get ready. <laughs> oh, geez. Here we go. You go out and you're playing the game and you find these launch codes and they're always going to be incomplete. <laughs> you're going to need multiple pieces to put together one actual launch code. So that's where this co-op comes from. I'm going to find a piece. You're going to find a piece or he's going to find a piece. And we're going to be able to put this together and we're going to put together one launch code so we could actually launch a nuke. You have to find these launching sites. It's not going to be a place where you just walk into. They're probably going to be really hard to access. So by the time you get your launch codes, you find the launch site, you're going to be able to fire a nuke somewhere <laughs> in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I still think that's one of the funniest things where we come out of the vault to try to rebuild after the nuke. And then we have the ability just to launch nukes <laughs> even more. Start launching like, nukes, I yeah. think that's hilarious. Listen, the damage is already done. <laughs> <laughs> you already spilled your milk. You might as well dump the whole gallon on the floor. Yeah, let's dump it all. <laughs> 
So they don't want the nukes to be a tool for the griefer. So you can't target specific people. I don't know how this is going to work because you can see people on your map, but they're not going to allow you to target a, a specific settlement or a person. You may be able to target like a region and it kind of becomes random exactly where in that region or subzone it lands. We don't really know. But here's here's the thing that makes this whole nuke a part of the end game. Whenever it hits land, it destroys everything that's there, but it creates a new high-level zone. And these new high-level creatures come out into this zone, and there's tons of high-level materials, and you're going to be able to find new endgame items, new endgame crafting materials, and new endgame crafting gear as you... Mm take on these endgame zones that you just created from dropping a nuke. How long does that effect last, I wonder? I don't know. It's It's got to be long enough to where you can kind of enjoy the benefits of having this high-level zone for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's going to be a part of that endgame loop. That's what I thought was really cool because to me, just going around and looking for the codes to launch a nuke sounds fun, but then knowing whenever you're actually launching the nuke, you're just giving yourself more game to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, like this is this definitely something that sounds like it's right up, you know, like you and, and Archimedes Alley, dude, that, you know, the guys that like to go out there and explore and find all the little nooks and crannies. I want you to join us in the hills of West Virginia. If nothing else, like I said, to charge your rent and then nuke you. <laughs> you can't nuke me, <laughs> Fanny just said. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I There's can try. There's always a way. <laughs> a good griefer will find a way to grief somebody. That's true. Do the old football trick. Hey, Andy, go long. <laughs> Longer. <laughs> nuke. <laughs> So like in other Fallout games, there's this radiation system. Um, But this is actually a little different because the more rads you have, the more uh, mutations your character is able to receive. And these mutations, they could either be beneficial or they could be negative. So this rad system is kind of a way to specialize your character with different traits. And then also the rads are going to work, I think it was Fallout 4, where... It uh, decreases your maximum health, so you might get a really beneficial mutation, but at the risk of only having 70% of your max health. Yeah, they did mention that there's a way to cure these negative effects and to permanently enhance your character with some of these benefits from the radiation exposure. But that that is a really cool take on, on customizing your character. Yeah, man, there's so many questions, dude. Like, so with your nuke... And do they all like sort of tie into each other, right? So you use your nuke, you create this, you know, new area where you can farm all this high level stuff, maybe boost your radiation poisoning mutation level, right? And so that you can sort of morph into a, you know, a stronger character and, you know, like, it's just... It's like you're saying, you know, like the, the the hamster wheel, right? The loop that keeps us coming back, you know, is that all part of it? And are they all kind of building off of each other? Yeah, I think so. I think they figured out like a good gameplay loop that kind of keeps you coming back. Mm-hmm. There's going to be these perk cards. You get a new perk card every time you level up. They're just another way to uh, customize your character. You could swap them out with other people. You could have just a few of them active. So that kind of ties in a little bit to the VAT system. The VAT system is returning, but it's going to be in real time. So you're not going to be able to slow time and, and pick your shots quite the same mm-hmm. way, but it is returning. 
And one of the perk cards that I saw was called uh, Concentrated Fire. Every VAT's attack on the same body part gains 10, 15, or 20% accuracy and damage. So that kind of gives you a little clue into what the VAT system is going to be this time around. And talking about the cards, I'm excited to see how many of them you actually can have at a time. Because they said you can only have a limited number of those perks cards. So I wonder how much customization that will offer. Like whether you can only have five at a time. Like if you basically have to be geared for one thing or another. Like if you want to be building your camp, do you have to change out all your cards or can you kind of be a jack of all trades? Like, is there enough card room for you to kind of be good at well, everything? They did mention that yeah. you can have multiple characters. So, uh, I, I don't know. It might be good to have a specific character that is good at a specific task. But it would be nice if you were able to kind of change the character you have to be whatever you need it to be. So, we'll see. Yeah, because I don't want to be on my crafting character and then people want to come <laughs> fight me. That'd be scary. <laughs> well, you could just barter for your life. <laughs> I'll give you my not. I'll give you my launch codes. Please don't kill me. <laughs> so we do know that mods will be supported, but that's going to come at a later time. And the idea is that you're going to be able to mod your own private world so that you could share it with other people. So that is kind of an interesting tidbit because the whole premise of this game is to be online. A co-op multiplayer with lots of other people but they did mention private worlds when the mod system comes so that's mm. that's interesting and that's something to look forward to definitely as far as post-launch post-release support goes they have a plan in place to support the game for years to come and every update that they bring to the game is going to be free totally free mm, nice so that's huge right now right oh yeah yeah Three is the best. <laughs> Are we talking like quote unquote DLC or or is it just updates to the game? So like buffing these weapons or these perks or mods or, you know, whatever perk cards or whatever they call them. I, I don't think they've said too much on what kind of content, but it does seem like it'll be stuff that is adding to the game, not just cleaning stuff up. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, you, you get the impression that it's something you would normally pay for in another game. Well... Yeah, especially with them making the point to call it free. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, look, we're going to give you this for free. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, the developers are really jumping on that. Well, most developers, not all. Some still want to charge you $10 per, um, per <laughs> update. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see that, uh, you know, that... that there's there's starting to be a nice middle ground now i don't know correct me if i'm wrong Ori, but uh yeah fallout i can't i can't even really think of a bethesda game that has microtransactions is there one out there i'm sure there is i just don't i can't think of one fallout shelter i don't think so maybe they're mobile maybe oh, fallout, oh does it fallout shelter duh <laughs> all right yeah, so I was about to say yeah. their mobile games yes. might, yeah. but I don't think any of their console games really do. I mean, they've had the like paid DLC, but not microtransactions. Right. Well, I mean, let's let's hope that uh, that it stays that way. Number one, um, but uh, but that this you know this whole free uh, post release support uh, continues, man. So that uh, incentivizes us to really you know feel good about our purchase right and there will be microtransactions but it is going to only be cosmetic items and this is how they're going to support the game for free through these microtransactions mm. there will be a way to purchase every single cosmetic microtransaction via gameplay 
So you will not have like exclusive microtransaction only items or emotes or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is my favorite part. If you want to spend your money, that's fine, but you can also get them in game. So you don't, you don't feel forced to buy something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. Feels like uh, you know all these companies uh, are having this good press at at uh, you know at Bungie and Activision's expense. You know, like more and more, the more we hear this, the more we just kind of look almost with disdain upon those. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, look at that free post-release support. Mm. <laughs> I think Bethesda has been sitting back looking at what's been going on over this last year oh, and they've been saying, they you know have. what? We're get, yeah, we're learning some lessons here. They all have. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is good good for us, man. Good for us. Oh, for yeah. sure. And especially making it free it keeps your player base there because if some people don't have the money to buy it, usually those things that you have to pay for, mm-hmm. yeah. You kind of have to have to do some of the in-game stuff. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So keeping it free keeps those players coming back even after you have content drop well look at us dude look at us with uh the division you know i mean um yeah i mean i purchased the whole thing and that was uh, that was where we learned our lesson right i think most of us right we we you know uh pre-ordered and we threw our money down on all the dlc and then all of a sudden we get this broken game and then the content drops weren't what we thought they were but look at how much they've supported that game since then with additional free updates and look at all of us coming back dude all of us who purchased all that stuff yeah uh, coming back to that game so yeah i mean it's a it's a pretty good example of um you know just doing the right thing right will keep your player base happy and healthy so there will be a beta for fallout 76 the only way you can get access to it is by pre-ordering the game so i mean there might be another way they might be giving out codes or something like that but that is a sure way to get access so if you are planning on buying it then uh get into the beta see what's up especially if you're on the fence Go out, pre-order it. That way you can be in the beta if it's not your thing. You can always cancel yeah, a pre-order. it's like, what, five bucks at GameStop, and then you can get your five bucks back? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Great way to test it out without having to put any money down. Right? Oh, they have to. Mm. So that's Fallout 76. I don't know if we've convinced anyone that this game is going to be a lot of fun. I've definitely convinced myself. Oh, me too. I'm... I'm excited to get out there. Like I said, first thing I want to do, start finding launch codes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like that is a show, fellas. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. I've had a blast. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming by, man. We we love having you, bro. Yeah, it's nice to actually talk with you again. It's been a while. Well, thanks for downloading the show and giving us a listen. We appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at gamingadventureclub at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash G underscore Adventure Club or you can go over to our website, gamingadventureclub.com and find all of our links there. And our most important link is the link to our Discord. That is where our community is. That is where we thrive. That is where we make friends. It is always a good time. And we want to take the opportunity to say a thank you to all of our Patreon supporters Thank you so much for helping us, for supporting us. We appreciate it. Guys, that's a show. Yeah. So, Ori, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Pretty much everywhere you can find me at SCOrio70, except for Twitter. 
for some reason that was taken. So it's at SC Oreo underscore gaming. Who took that from you? From I know. Twitter? How the heck did they say <laughs> S- I, I have no idea because it's a really weird and specific name. Give it back. I know, right? You give him his name back, whoever you are. Random Twitter person. <laughs> How about you, Andy? Oh, if somebody man. wants to hang out with you, come by Discord. Discord is the place where we we trade goods and services and launch nuclear we- uh, uh, bombs <laughs> at each other through Me Six. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, come by Discord, hang out. It's a fun place to be. Uh, plenty of awesome folks there. Uh, Twitter, Andyman two two eight, and uh, Xbox uh, Live TX Space Andyman. I could also be found on Twitter or Xbox, a.k.a. Manny G. Have an adventurous week and take care of each other. Don't throw nukes at me. Oh, they're coming.